This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejot and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. Four attacks, five fatalities, two survivors. These are the canonical murders of the Zodiac Killer. I would argue these are the most debated of all American serial murders. What happened? Who was Zodiac? And how could he avoid detection for so long? These questions have been eternal, but there's more here as well. But as I wrap up this portion of the podcast that looked at the actual murders, there's an important step that needs to happen next. And that is, were these his only crimes? Was the Zodiac killer only in operation for less than a year? And as we look at some of the potential victims, as well as a couple of other attributed things, we'll come to some very important questions. Difficult to answer questions. Impossible to answer in some cases. But we will be looking at the Zodiac crimes with a healthy bit of skepticism towards anything beyond these four attacks. That doesn't mean we're dismissing them. I'm absolutely not. But it means that there has to be a slightly higher level of proof to reach the conclusion that other crimes are attributable to the Zodiac. We'll also be looking at, of course, more letters, more discussion of the coverage of these murders. We'll probably be doing two episodes on Sherry Jo Bates, which is a very important crime. And we don't know for sure if it was Zodiac. In fact, most of the Zodiologists I've spoken to say that Bates was a Zodiac victim. The folks in law enforcement who I've talked to have almost entirely said she is not. Popular opinion seems to be that she is likely, but we'll talk more about that. But one of the questions that arises as to, there are about a half dozen that have serious consideration and research done into is why those victims? Why those places? And I think part of the reason why there is such a question as to what crimes exactly the Zodiac committed isn't just that Zodiac hasn't been caught, though that is, of course, a major element. It's the fact that Zodiac's MO barely exists. I believe Zodiac's crimes evolve, at least across the first four, or the four that we consider canonical. Alone, in a dark place, two victims, shooting without interaction of any type, we believe. Done quickly and over. Second, an attempted rework of the first, but not so clean, and he left a survivor. Third, daytime, another couple, in a relatively secluded place. He creates a disguise in response to the second killing, where he was at least somewhat seen. He uses a knife and not a gun, but again, he leaves a survivor. Fourth, Paul Stein. He has ultimate control over the location of the murder, insofar as there are only two of them in the car, and he knows he can take out the only internal direct witness instantly. In fact, if he doesn't, there is no crime, technically. Eh, he could, I guess, just miss. But then, everything after that is a question as to where he was, who he was. Did he mean to kill him at Cherry and Washington, or one street up? Was there, was this the crime he had plotted it to be? These four show an evolution, a learning process from one to the next. And I think ultimately what it shows is that for the second murder, 
for the murder of Darlene Farron and the assault upon Michael Maggio, he had become complacent. The first murder went off without a hitch. If he had stopped there, we never would have solved this. Never would have gotten anywhere near close. Because he left nothing. Nothing at all. He became complacent. And on the second, when he attempted the sequel, he simply did the same thing again. And when it didn't go off as well as the first one had. I don't think he panicked, but I definitely think he couldn't pivot. And that's one of the big issues. Was he looking at his path? He was not a rage killer. I'd almost say he was a process killer. I don't believe there was a sexual aspect to these crimes. And I know I'm in the minority on that one. But look at the idea that perhaps he was acting more in line with a terrorist than as a sexual killer. That he was not necessarily getting a thrill out of the murders, but out of what he saw the murders achieving. But you may ask yourself, how does killing college students, a waitress, a cab driver, how does that strike terror into the hearts? Why not a major target? Why not send bomb? I think this is actually part of the Ted Kaczynski theory, that people believe that because these were designed to be terrorist acts, and I 100% believe they were, that he realized the futility of that, and then shifted to another method. Interesting. Perhaps true, who knows. 50 years out, we still have as many answers as we had in 1970. Maybe a few more here and there. But we have to remember the victim, because this is the most important thing about this podcast. It is about the victim. The day Zodiac is named, and I've debated myself about this, does this podcast say his name? Is it important to know who he was by name? Or is the actual important thing that justice will be done for David Faraday, for Betty Lou Jensen, for Darlene Farron, for Brian Hartnell, for Michael Maggio, for Cecilia Shepard, for Paul Stein, potentially many others? I actually don't have that answer yet. I change my mind about weekly. And if Tom Voigt's reporting was correct, and they have DNA, and now it's just a matter of going familial and doing the legwork, I may have to make that decision at some point. These four murders with five victims, two survivors, changed the way Americans looked at crime, at themselves. And after I deal with several of the suspected potential Zodiac crimes, and I'm going to name them, the Robert Dominguez, Linda Edwards shootings in 1963, Sherry Jo Bates, which I'm actually going to start with, uh, even though it's sort of out of order in 1966. It's a very important crime, not necessarily to the Zodiac identification or MO, but to what Zodiac research and coverage led to. We'll be talking a lot of stuff about outside of the crime in that one. That's why we're doing a two-parter. Of course, Donald Lass in State Line. The potential that Zodiac was also the murder of the Santa Rosa hitchhikers. Possible. A couple of the murders in Santa Barbara County. Also going to talk about that. And of course, Kathleen Johns. We'll be talking about those in various levels. Definitely two for Sherry Joe Bates, at least. Possibly two and maybe even three for the Santa Rosa hitchhikers murders. It's a very important crime that is unsolved and probably suffered from the amount of coverage that Zodiac was getting when those crimes took place. It's a very, very interesting thing that's also going to go deeply into the media's role in Zodiac. And it's, it's a very interesting thought. We'll be looking at all of those 
And of course, we're going to follow that up with the letters and looking at sort of three questions. One, were the letters written by the killer? That's a very important question. Two, what do the letters, if they were written by the killer, reveal about the killer? And three, and perhaps most important, if they were not written by the killer, not only who wrote them, but why did they write and how? And particularly, how did they get Paul Stein's shirt? Having looked at all of these crimes, the first, the canonical four, I guess, murders with five deaths and two survivors. My conclusion is this. Faraday and Jensen, Farron and Shepard were murdered by the same person. Paul Stein is questionable. I'm probably 80% on the Paul Stein was murdered by the Zodiac and 95% that Paul Stein was murdered by whoever wrote all the letters. The letters are tied to Stein, which by extension makes Hartnell Shepard also likely because of the similarity of the writing on the car door. But I think there is enough to tie the Faraday, Jensen, Farron, and Shepard murder into one package. Stein is still somewhat of an open question. Not completely open, but definitely ajar. The next section will be more difficult because there is so much conjecture that will have to happen. But between December 20th, 1968 and October 11th, 1969, someone apparently calling themselves the Zodiac murdered five people in the San Francisco Bay Area and created a personalized terror that resonated in the area for decades. For even people like me who were born years after the final killing, five years and ten days in my case to be exact, we still feel it. We still know that Zodiac is the boogeyman, is what will come for us if we misbehave in the dark. The rest of this next section, which will probably be 10 to 15 episodes, will all take place away from these murders, both temporally and physically, for the most part. Santa Rosa's closest. But it'll all be attempting to answer the primary question. And this podcast isn't about answering who is the Zodiac, but what was the Zodiac's purpose, and how did Zodiac affect those around him and us today? I got an email not too long ago about David Faraday, someone who was vaguely connected to uh, David's father, which was interesting. Uh, So hopefully I'm going to get a little bit of a discussion there in the next couple of weeks. I don't know for sure yet. Still haven't found anyone who could talk to me about Cecilia Ann Shepard. If you are someone who knew her, uh, please send an email, johnnyeponymous at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I am really wanting to cover her story because so everyone else here has a more thorough telling of their story, of their life. And I find it incredibly sad that someone's death is their primary thing to be remembered for. And I want to change that at least a little bit. Thank you for listening to Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint family podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>